You're listening to the Restaurant Operator Podcast. Get the latest restaurant industry headlines delivered to your inbox every weekday with Restaurant Operator Daily. With this one newsletter, you'll get the top stories from leading news sites like fastcasual.com, pizzamarketplace.com, and qsrweb.com. Join more than 30,000 subscribers who rely on Restaurant Operator Daily to keep them informed on the most important industry news and trends. Subscribe today at restaurantoperatordaily.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Restaurant Operator Podcast. I'm Mandy Detweiler, editor of QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace. We're here today with Alicia Flores, and we're going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. Alicia is the CEO of L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. Thanks for being with us today, Alicia. Aloha, Mandy. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about the brand. Um, what's the company's origin story? How did it get started? Yeah, I, I love talking about our, our founding story. So LNL was founded over 45 years ago um, by my dad, Eddie Flores, and his business partner, Johnson Cam. Um, both were immigrants to the United States and ended up in Hawaii um, and founded this restaurant. My dad actually bought the restaurant for his mother, my grandmother, um, to give her a chance and an opportunity to own her own business. Um, eventually, Johnson Cam came on came on board and they grew from that one store um, to we're at 228 units now. Um, So it truly has been kind of an American dream um, founding story for my family, um, for our families. Um, L&L existed before I did. um, So it's always kind of been a sibling for me. And then I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be involved. So when did you take over as CEO? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so like I said, LNL existed um, during my lifetime, and it was it was always around, and I was always interested in the business. Um, you know, I grew up at a time where my dad and, and I call him Uncle Johnson um, were very rapidly growing. Um, I, you know, I have to share that neither of them really had any restaurant experience or franchising experience, but like many. Um, like many of our franchisees, they just had this really strong desire to work hard and provide for their community, for their employees, for their family. And they figured things out. They were both very entrepreneurial. And so built up this restaurant concept of, of yeah, l Hawaiian Barbecue. I'm so sorry. I failed to mention that we're founded and based in Hawaii. Um, wow. So, you know, what we serve here, Hawaii, Hawaii's comfort food um, and also the franchising model. And, you know, that's really projected our growth. Um, so it was always around, but it, it was never really a huge part of my life other than I knew that's where my dad went to work every day. Um, As I started getting ready to head to college, I did think that I might come back home at some point in time and work in the business, but probably not immediately. I didn't want my dad to be my only boss for my whole life. Um, So I I left for school. Um, I went to school in California and uh, eventually worked um, at General Electric, um, uh, getting, you know, in finance and um, not until 20, 2014, maybe I was away for 12 years, um, did I decide to come back home and work in the company. Uh, because of my finance background, I came in as CFO. Um, and then five years after that, in 2019, I became the CEO of the company. Did you feel prepared for the role as CEO when you took over? Because you had the finance background and you, you know, you've kind of been doing this, cutting your teeth in the business since you know you were you were little did you feel prepared to take over as ceo i don't know that i felt prepared i don't even know to this day if i am fully prepared <laughs> um but 
But I knew that I wanted to lead the organization. Um, and I knew that I had, you know, in the five years that I was here as a CFO, um, had a very good understanding of um, our corporation, a very good understanding of our operations, and a, and a very good understanding of our franchisees. So I felt like, you know, I was certainly interested in doing it and that I could do it. Um, I was also grateful that my dad still remained as chairman so that he was still here as a backstop um, and, and still today remains a close advisor to me um, whenever I need help. Um, it was very useful. Um, so <laughs> I became CEO in 2019. And of course, in 2020, COVID hit. Um, so as a, a first time leader, um, going through a very different and challenging time, it was very nice to have um, an advisor around, my dad around, someone who's gone through a, a significant challenge, you know, business challenge, business cycle, um, to, to provide advice and guidance. Um, so uh, <laughs> never fully prepared, but was certainly up to the challenge. Sure. Well, let's talk about your diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Having um, started the company in Hawaiian in Hawaii, you're you're naturally um, you naturally have DEI kind of built into your company. Is that correct? That's correct. You know, I think there's a couple of things that makes our organization very unique. And the first one is exactly that. We are founded and headquartered here in Hawaii. My office, I'm sitting right now in Hawaii. Um, and Hawaii, is, as many people know, is, is considered a melting pot. Um, we are a very, very diverse community. Um, you know, in terms of the ethnic mix, we are a minority majority here. Um, unlike most of the places um, on the on the continental United States. Um, so we just naturally, if I look at the the staff here, we're just a very diverse group naturally. Um, it, we don't we didn't have to necessarily do anything special to be to be DEI minded. Um, the other thing that I think is unique to our organization is our founding partners. So uh, like I shared in the beginning, um, my dad and Uncle Johnson are both immigrants. And when they came here, uh, they're both immigrants from um, Hong Kong and China. And when they came here, you know, the the group that they naturally, um, the communities they were naturally part of, and therefore the people who initially came on as initial um, cooks in the restaurant who became uh, later on owners of the restaurants were also of those communities. And so we've just always had a very strong tie to different ethnic communities and especially to immigrants. Um, even to this day, many of our franchisees remain immigrants. And, and so, again, that naturally just gives us this lens of diversity, uh, equity and inclusion, um, at, at, you know, that was part of our founding values before, um, you know, uh, before it was popular. It just was naturally um, how we were founded. Sure. How does the leadership team at the restaurant um, that the company actively support and kind of promote diversity and inclusion within the company? Yeah, so we, uh, like I said, it's it's not a difficult challenge for us here in Hawaii because we have um, so many, uh, just a, naturally a base for diversity. I think the one thing that I've found very helpful is, um, you know, when I first joined, it really hit upon me the importance of having um, a diverse group of voices in the room. Um, my, uh, you know, Eddie, my dad, 
uh, is very, very entrepreneurial. He founded this company without kind of any knowledge, industry knowledge or business knowledge um, in this specific industry. Um, and he made it, ha- he, he always can find a way to make it happen. And so the company he founded was set up in that way. Um, I'm a more corporate mindset. I went to um, undergraduate business school, graduate business school. I worked in a large corporation. Um, when I joined the company, we would argue over almost every significant decision because we had very, you know, very, very different viewpoints on the decision. We had different upbringings. We had different educations. We had different experiences. And at first it was very frustrating to, you know, be talking with somebody who had a point of view that I just, you know, couldn't understand. Um, But then I realized it actually was very um, fortunate that I could have a conversation with somebody from a very different viewpoint because that allowed us to understand each problem and issue more broadly and see a more fuller picture. And because we could have good communication with each other, we could choose a path that made uh, a better sense, not just from one viewpoint, but from many viewpoints. And so very early on, I understood the importance of having diverse views in the room. And so we do try to have that when we think about hiring our staff here. Tell me a little bit about your company culture to make sure that all employees, like you said, regardless of their background, feel that sense of belonging and inclusion when they are in the room. Yeah, I I think, you know, I love that we are a family business um, where we're, you know, I'm very I'm I'm lucky to be part of the family business. And I think that's part of uh, a lot of what drives our company culture here in our office and LNL more broadly. Um, we really think of each other working here and amongst our franchisees as part of a family. Um, and so everyone who's here, we you know, as as with our own families, we want them to feel valued. We want them to feel loved. We want them to feel like they belong and they contribute to our family. And so it just I think naturally, again, because uh, of our of how we were founded and that, based on family values, um, it comes very naturally for us. And, and because we have family members still involved to kind of have that company culture, I'm glad that my dad had that as he founded. And I'm very fortunate and, and grateful that I get to carry that forward, um, you know, in this uh, currently and, and in the future. Do you have restaurants in Japan? Is that correct? That's correct. We have two locations in Japan. Okay. And how does that culture kind of differ from our culture? Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> um, our franchisee there is, is a, a wonderful gentleman, Mr. Mori, um, and he actually went to college here in Hawaii, and that's how he fell in love with Hawaii. Um, and actually, a lot of Japan folks, because Hawaii is very close to them relatively, um, they, they often travel here. So Japan culture has a very um, great love and appreciation for, for all things Hawaii, which is why we have locations there. I will say the biggest thing that is, uh, so there are many different cultural differences between Japan and the United States. I think one that was most surprising to us is actually their um, the work ethic. Um, or their work expectations, I should say. Um, they're, uh, they're, <laughs> they work a lot, um, truly a lot, uh, a lot more than, you know, I, I know my employees work here a lot, but in Japan, it's even more than 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 you would expect here. Um, but I think that, that it's just part of the culture and expectation um, there in Japan. How do you guys maintain your commitment to um, DEI to make sure that it's integrated into all aspects of the business from leadership to day-to-day operations? Yeah, I think for us and, and for other organizations, the one way, one of the most important ways that you can make sure 
you have that lens on is to make sure that in your leadership team, um, you, as much as you can, reflect that or have people who can reflect that. So, you know, we have very diverse leadership here in our corporation. We have, and, and so that, of course, the values and the viewpoints um, that are setting the tone for the whole company are diverse, and it allows us to naturally naturally flow that down within the company and and within our franchisee group as well. We have a franchise advisory council, and within that group, we also try to intentionally have a diverse group of individuals in that room. Um, so it's it, just to say that it's very important that the leadership really embrace and understand the importance of DEI um, as much as they can, reflect the diversity of their organization and of their customers. And if you can do those two things, which I feel like we've done successfully, you have a better chance of being able to make sure that you not just talk about DEI, but you actually embrace it and embed it in your company. Yeah, that's really important. Um, so where's the company going in 2024 or 2025? Are you opening any more restaurants? We are. So we have some uh, some ambitious growth plans. We've we've been very lucky to um, have this natural growth strategy or kind of organic growth strategy with many people um, very interested in, in the Hawaii culture and our food. Either they've been here before um, or they've visited, you know, they, they lived in Hawaii or they've been to Hawaii and they fell in love with the food um, and they want to bring that to their community. So we've always had this great pool of organic growth. Uh, but this year we actually had a record year in store openings, uh, opening close to 20 stores. Oh, wow. We, we plan to do that again, um, at least in 2024, and from there grow to 30, 40, 50 openings a year. So we're, you know, I'm feeling very bullish for our organization and, and feeling very excited that there is this great desire and interest in our type of cuisine. It's very different from the traditional pizza, chicken, um, sandwich concepts, um, but it is comfort food. And uh, something that everyone, people can identify with. Um, and it just, you know, people's palates are always expanding. And I'm glad to help fill that with our our style of cuisine. Do you worry about growing too big too fast? I, I do. Actually, I do. Um, you know, we talked about the values of our company. Um, I actually set a goal for our, our organization to hit 500 units. Um, and I set it you know, grow. You know, in in your business education, you're 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 taught to think about big big goals, and this is certainly a big one for us. But it's not, of course, as biz, big as it can be. But to me, it felt like a point where, um, at that point, I really do want to evaluate that the size of our organization still makes sense for the values that we want to make sure we can maintain. Um, the values of you know supporting our franchisees, having that those family values that we talked about earlier. Um, I love that most of my, for any franchisee that wants my cell number, they've got it and they can reach out to me at any time. I want to make sure our office is always able to support our franchisees in every way that we can. Um, and so, you know, I think it, it, it's a great goal for us, but I do want to make sure it's a measured goal for us and that we can still maintain how our company was founded um, and, and why people were attracted to us in the first place and make sure we can fulfill on those promises. If you had, having done this for several years already, um, if you had a piece of advice to give to another brand who wanted to step up their DEI initiatives, but they didn't know how, maybe they're a small brand, maybe um, they only have a couple of restaurants, but they still want to um, put into place DEI initiatives, what would you tell them? 
Yeah, you know, I think it's the restaurant industry is very interesting. I think we are very, very diverse in the restaurants, a lot more than other types of industries are. Um, but you oftentimes see less of that that diversity in the corporation. And so and, and you know, it, it's it has to be very intentional. Um, so I, I think a first step, if people want to do it and they're not sure, um, is to check in with your restaurant, you know, go into your restaurant and see the diversity that exists there. I, I think you want to be able to reflect your consumer base, your employee base. So first step is understanding that, going into your restaurant, seeing your customers, see the diversity mix there, um, and acknowledging that, you know, you serve a wide group of individuals and to best serve them, you should have a reflection of them or at least an understanding of them in, in, in your leadership and decision making process. Um, and, you know, I think one understanding that and acknowledging that is is a good first step. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. This has been really enlightening. Thank you so much for having me, Mandy, and, and thank you for having uh, shining a light on this great topic. Get the latest restaurant industry headlines delivered to your inbox every weekday with Restaurant Operator Daily. With this one newsletter, you'll get the top stories from leading news sites like fastcasual.com, pizzamarketplace.com, and qsrweb.com. Join more than 30,000 subscribers who rely on Restaurant Operator Daily to keep them informed on the most important industry news and trends. Subscribe today at restaurantoperatordaily.com.